It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, November 3rd. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Alaska high school students are asking local school districts to refrain from following national trends in banning books, which they believe are occurring for political rather than educational reasons. A resolution on book bans was one of three resolutions brought before the Sitka School Board on Wednesday by local students who had recently returned from the annual meeting of the Alaska Association of Student Governments in Fairbanks. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. Sitka High senior Kylie Orlando prefaced her introduction of the student resolution by asking school board members to put aside their personal political agendas. Book bans, she argued, have become weaponized by politics to the point that advocates don't really understand what they're banning. The resolution I bring is about book bans, and they go much deeper than reading. The message behind them goes far deeper. They're about education and representation and so much more than that. They highlight not only the representation of minorities in the books, but also the representation that we are not receiving from many legislators who should have students' wants and needs as a priority. The two-page resolution drafted by the Alaska Association of Student Governments contains statistical information compiled by the American Library Association about the significant increase in challenges to books in recent years. The resolution language allows for people to raise concerns about books as an important First Amendment right, but there should be an effort to verify their claims about the book, to read the work as a whole, and to determine whose information needs are being served by the books. Although the Sitka School Board may adopt some or all of the student resolutions in the future, this reading was an introduction. Board member Tom Williams said he couldn't support it in its current form, which reads, Therefore, be it resolved that the Alaska Association of Student Governments does not support book bans in our state and country. My issue with this resolution is that it's all-inclusive, all grades, all books, current books and future books. And without having a provision that would allow a banning of a book, regardless of its topic, its material, or its content, seems unwise. And I would not support a resolution that did not have some type of ability to ban material that we either know or don't know at this time. Orlando was joined by fellow students Jasmine Wolf and Olivia Scan in introducing a second resolution in support of school staff receiving mandatory mental health training to identify certain issues in students. In her remarks, Wolf said, It's no secret that in the past couple of years we're seeing an increase in mental health issues not only at the state level but nationally. She said that she and Scan brainstormed ideas to try and create change without making things worse. After many conversations with students and teachers, they felt staff training would help shift the burden off students so it's not all on them as they confronted the mental health issues around suicide prevention and social media. Phil Burdick worked in the district for 25 years as a teacher and administrator prior to joining the board. He was supportive of more training but reminded Wolf that mental health issues were not exclusive to students. We did offer uh mental health first aid for the entire staff and I think that has been four or five years ago. It was very impactful for many staff. It was very difficult as well um, because it impacts 
staff's mental health as well as students' mental health. The third resolution of the evening involved gender equity in sports, but it's not the issue that's been in recent headlines. Francis Myers said that students had identified an imbalance in the Alaska School Activities Association sports program. Whereas the OSSO handbook states, quote, a school must provide equal athletic opportunity to both sexes in numbers that are substantially proportionate to enrollment. Whereas volleyball is the only unbounced state sport at a 3A to 4A level that isn't co-ed, meaning men aren't allowed to participate. Interim Superintendent Steve Bradshaw wanted to know how the resolution's authors proposed funding a new sports program. Myers responded that men's volleyball had increased in popularity nationwide by 50 percent in just the last 10 years. The purpose of the resolution was to support the creation of an ASA-sanctioned men's volleyball league and to provide districts, which had adequate funding and interest, momentum to start the sport in their schools. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. In other business Wednesday night, the Sitka School Board plucked a thorn from its side that it's been carrying since last year. Board President Tristan Gavon called the question. It's been moved and seconded to take from the table the transfer of 132000 from the FY23 fund balance to the Sitka High School Activities Fund. Um, There is no public comment or board deliberation on this, just straight to a vote. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Due to a change in district financing procedures last year, many activities accounts at Sitka High School were left unfunded at the beginning of this school year, except for leftover amounts fundraised from the community. The $132,000 deposit is a direct contribution from the municipal government to schools to support student activities. Additionally, school board members approved contracting with a team from the Alaska Association of School Boards to lead the recruitment and hire of a new superintendent. The board has used the same firm previously, most recently three years ago, to hire the former superintendent, Frank Hauser. Many Alaskans have faced long waits for food over the last year as the State Division of Public Assistance worked through a lengthy backlog in SNAP, or food stamps, applications. The current backlog is about 7,000 applications, according to Deb Etheridge, the division's director. During a discussion this week on Talk of Alaska, Etheridge said the division is also taking steps to streamline the application process. We're working right now to develop an online SNAP application, which includes an individual's portal so people can just upload their information and apply online. State Representative Genevieve Mina also has a proposal to streamline the process. During the discussion, she highlighted recent legislation she introduced, which aims to simplify SNAP applications, make more people eligible, and to reduce work for the Division of Public Assistance. It allows a state to increase the income limit for the eligibility for SNAP from 130% poverty level to 200% poverty level. Additionally, it allows states to remove the asset test. The asset test is part of the SNAP process where they look at your savings. Mina says the bill would allow people who need assistance to be able to start saving while still getting SNAP benefits. That would avoid what is sometimes called the benefits cliff, when a small increase in earnings or savings makes someone suddenly ineligible for benefits. Despite progress, Etheridge says it's still difficult to estimate exactly when the current backlog of SNAP benefits will be addressed. A trio of artists from around the world will be performing in Alaska over the next week. The musicians are part of Lyric and Spirit, an ongoing project showcasing female voices. As KFSK's Hannah Floor reports, the traveling trio is blending their inspirations to create new, unique sounds. This year, Lyric and Spirit features three musicians. Nana Baudle is from Mozambique and often accompanies herself on percussion as she sings. Luisa La Cerda is from Brazil. She sings and plays classical guitar. 
and Bhairagashi Venugopal is a singer and flutist from India. The trio has been performing in the Pacific Northwest, traveling between gigs by van. I caught up with the group as they were driving to Washington from a concert in Oregon, the first part of a tour that will end in Alaska. They say they've been singing together often while they're on the road. Baula sometimes accompanies the singing with body percussion. I was wondering if you would be up for singing a little bit on the phone. For you? Yeah. The musicians have only known each other for about a week, but they connected immediately over shared musical interests. Coming from India, I have been a crazy fan of Brazilian music. I have been trying to study, learn, enjoy, appreciate, and apply some of it into my own. That's Baragashi Venugopal. She says that as the group plays together, they've been doing a lot of listening, trying to pick out elements to incorporate into new pieces. It's just been a great learning curve for us, and we look forward to a lot of new sounds being born out of this inspiration. The concert consists of four acts. Each musician will perform individually, and then the three will come together for a final act that combines their cultures and influences. Luisa Lacerda says their quick friendship influences their performance as well. It's best for the show when people like each other on the stage. So I, I feel more comfortable and happy singing with them. The three musicians won't be traveling to Alaska alone. They're joined by Baula's three-year-old son. That's because lyric and spirit creator Brian Gore wanted to make the project kid-friendly. He says he doesn't want the artists who participate to have to choose between being a parent and an artist. Gore has been bringing together musical acts for more than 20 years with his ongoing project, International Guitar Night. He says he wants this project to highlight women's voices. I found them um, during the many long, lonely nights in the deep bowels of COVID, um, where their music uh, gave me great comfort and solace. Next year, Lyric and Spirit will have a different roster of musicians. Alaska isn't on the tour, but it's possible that future Lyric and Spirit groups will be. Gore says his booking agent loves to work with the presenters and arts councils around Alaska. In addition to Petersburg, the group will be performing in Valdez and Anchorage through the first week of November. In Petersburg, I'm Hannah Floor. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. Thank you.